And we want to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 6 to 16. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom amongst the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory, and I put in brackets, for our benefit before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, beautiful verse we oftentimes quote, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things that God has prepared for, say it with me, for those who love him. These are the things that God has revealed to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. And that is going to be our text verse today. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts? except their own spirit within them, question mark. In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. That is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the spirit explaining spiritual realities with spirit-taught words. The spirit or the person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the spirit. The person with the spirit makes judgments about things but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. You say amen to God's word. Our key verses is taken from chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. However... As it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him, these are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Here are four things you are to examine on a regular basis. And if you do, it will save you a whole lot of grief. The first one is examine where you park your car to see if it's dripping oil or other fluids. It could save you hundreds of francs. Very important. Secondly, examine all leftovers that you've put in the refrigerator. Look, this could save you from getting really sick. Jenny was away this, this past week for 10 days. And as I went into the fridge, you know, some of the stuff that I had put there, I had to examine to make sure 
that they're all right. And the things that weren't, I had to remove them and toss them aside. Got to do that. Thirdly, examine your bill at a restaurant to make sure you are not being overcharged because no one likes to pay more than what they should. And then, of course, the fourth thing that we need to do is to examine our lives. The great cry of a true believer's heart from time to time, and I'll put that in brackets, should be for self-examination. Now, just a couple of scriptures in the book of Corinthians that tells us that is 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Verse 28 says that everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink of the cup. And then secondly, in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 5 and 6, Paul says to the church at Corinth, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. And I trust that you will discover that we have not failed the test. And then the very well-known passage of Scripture to those of us who have known the Lord Jesus for a, a period of time is Psalm 139. And the life of David from verses 1 to 3 says, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and you know when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all of my ways. Verse 23 and 24 says of Psalm 139, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive the old King James says, see if there's any wicked way within me and lead me in the way of everlasting. When last have you said, search me, God? I hope we did it last week when we had breaking of bread because we should be doing it there. But we should, should, should be doing it over and beyond that from time to time. Now, just to correct an imbalance, when I was younger, there was a very, very strong, overwhelming thought where we always had to do uh, self-examination, 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 and they so way overdid it. So everything was introspective. So I'm not proposing that. But I'm also not proposing the other thought where, you know, everything within our lives are just hunky-dory and we never have to self-examine. That's the other extreme. What we read here in Scripture is to find the true north of actually examining ourselves. Um, as I said when we started the book of Corinthians, I studied the book of Corinthians uh, from February last year, and it took me about three or four months. And as I was reading through it and studying it, I made notes in my Bible. And no, Jeannie, you cannot take my Bible and you cannot read the notes in my Bible. <laughs> It's my own diary. No, you can, anytime, babes. But 
within just the verse here, and Ken and I, we were together at Tuesday night, and we were just talking through things, and we were talking about the series, and as I read chapter 2 to him, and I came to the part where, where it says, um, verse 10, these are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. I wrote in brackets there, on that morning, search my heart, O God. And it was just a time of self-examination for me. It was a time of allowing the Spirit of God to shed His light on my heart. And so I love this passage of Scripture because it speaks about the Spirit of wisdom. It speaks about that wisdom that God released to those men as they wrote the Scriptures. And the wisdom that comes to us, my friends, is the Word of God. That's what's been given to us. The spirit of wisdom is the word of God. And we go to the word of God and throughout the book of Corinthians, we see the will of God, the wisdom of God revealed to us. And, and unless our hearts have been made soft before God, when we read the scriptures, we do not always see those wonderful pearls that's just hanging there before us to see. And my friends, Paul wrote here and he says, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. In this day and age, when we see so much going on around us, we need to allow the Spirit of God, through the Word of God, to show us the wonderful things that he's revealed for each and every one of us. But my friends, we can only see those things, as James says, when we take the word of God and it becomes a mirror. And as we read it, we see ourselves in here. Have you had the uh, propensity within your heart to read the word of God? And when it comes to something that um, you think is, 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 is meant for someone else, you say, yeah, this is for my wife, not for me. You read the Word of God and you say, yeah, no, this is for Ken, it's not for me. We're not using the Word of God properly, are we? James says when you read the Word of God, um, you should see yourself here. And let the Word of God examine our hearts. Now, I know for some of you who have a very sensitive spirit and maybe conscience like I have, um, you could go to the other side where it kind of overwhelms you when you have to search your heart. And now for others whose conscience is almost seared like a hot iron, you know, uh, you're not moved by much. You need to move to this side where you search your heart a little bit more often. And so I want to just outlay to you how the Spirit of God will search our hearts and how we should respond within this process. Because we see here, in a most beautiful way, in verse 10, the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. He searches all things. That means it includes you and I. The Holy Spirit comes and He puts the light of the Word upon our hearts. Events happen within our lives, and oftentimes when the pressure is on us, our hearts are laid bare. It is opened up 
and we actually see what is there. Sometimes it is in adversity that we see actually what is within our hearts. And sometimes when we have prosperity, we see what is within our hearts. And when the Holy Spirit searches our hearts, there are times when he will use the scripture as others come to us and they speak prophetically over our lives. And at times when we feel we're doing terrible, God will use his word to come and to encourage us. Aren't you happy about that? That's a form of searching our hearts as well. Some of us are just way too hard on ourselves. Way too hard on ourselves. The Spirit of God wants to come. He wants to search your heart. And He wants to say, Well done, my son. Well done, my daughter. I am so pleased with you. <laughs> there are some of us where the Spirit needs to come and say, mm -mm. Where you are at and what you are doing is not okay with me. You need to bring that before me. And let me deal with that within your heart. And the word of God shows us how he does it. But my friends, it is always a loving word from the father to his children. You see, my friends, when God searches our hearts, God searches our hearts, firstly, not to condemn us, but to affirm us as children. If you don't get that right, for some of us, we will always live under a false condemnation. So when the Spirit of God comes, He searches our hearts not to condemn us, but to affirm us as His children. I kind of, you know, my spirit kind of leaps when I understand that. I've experienced the incredible loving grace of my heavenly Father. When I sit and I study the Bible and when hard things are said and when my heart is open bare, I see a loving Father speaking to one of his favorite sons. Do you know that you are one of his favorite children? He doesn't have any favorite but one of the favorite children. Our children oftentimes, well, let me rather put it this way, my sister and I oftentimes would have the arm wrestle. And we would say, who was the favorite one when we grew up? And Liz, my older sister, would always say, Piet, you were always the favorite one of mom. I'd say, Liz, you were always dad's favorite. And so we would arm wrestle, but my friends, with God, we're his favorite. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 46, says this. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And you have completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son. It says, my son, do not make light or do not despise the Lord's discipline. And do not lose heart when he rebukes you. Because the Lord disciplines the one he loves. And he chastens or disciplines everyone he accepts as a son. 
My friends, if you and I do not come unto the discipline of the Lord from time to time, then we've got to actually question whether we have God as our Father and whether we are His children. Agreed? This is what the Scripture says. Secondly, when God searches our hearts, God searches our hearts not to punish us, but so that we can share in his holiness. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 9 and 10 says this, Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for that. How much more should we submit? Heart, the word submit. How much more should we submit to the Father of spirits and live? There's a direct correlation between submitting to the Father's discipline and living. The problem is we're so stubborn that we do not submit to what the Word of God says. When the light of the Holy Spirit falls upon our hearts, we, we do not submit. We, we find every single way just to get out of the situation, my friends. And as a result, our spirits don't grow better. Uh, that life isn't birthed within that area that we need to submit to God. And we find that month after month, year after year, in my case, decade after decade goes by where certain things lie dormant. And I've realized at the tender age that I am that some of the things that I never dealt with when I was younger is now being revealed when I'm older. Now I've got to deal with it. I think it's better that we deal with them when we're younger. Agreed? Sufficient are the troubles of today, Jesus said. Deal with what is today because something new will always happen today that we need to deal with. Deal with the past. Leave it there. I'm a great believer. If you've dealt with the past, leave it there. Don't bring it up again. But deal with it. Bring it under the authority of Christ. And move on. That's when life comes. You see, when we deal with it, that means we're bringing it under submission to Christ. Again, the word bringing it under the Lordship of Jesus Christ, or if you choose the authority of Christ. The Bible says, we will love. It was quite cool that, that morning as I sat there, and as I was just doing my Bible study through this passage of Scripture, and I was reading all of the different commentaries that I have just on this passage and what it says. But for some reason, the Spirit of God wouldn't allow me to go further before I just wrote those words. Search my heart, O oh God. Search my heart, O oh God. There's a wonderful song, chorus we used to sing many, many years ago, which says, um, change my heart, O oh God. Um, let me ever be true. Change my heart, O oh God. Let me be like you. You are the potter and I am the clay. Mold me and make me. After your own will. I kind of like that. It's not a heavy depressing thing for us to say, Lord, search my heart when we have a relationship, a correct relationship with our Heavenly Father. It is actually an encouraging thing that He does because He loves us through it, even though it is tough at times. 
to deal with some of those things. I've had to do this several times within my life, hopefully not too often. And I remember once when I went through a really soul-destroying time where my heart was so hurt and I was so deeply injured that I sat with one of the elders within our church and for a couple of months, him and I just prayed together. And he just said to me, Piet, write a letter to that person unconditionally and write a letter and just release them from the pain that they've put within your heart. And I remember I wrote the letter. See, all of those days we didn't have emails. And I put it in the envelope. I sent it off. And the Spirit of God came and it just liberated my heart. Just feel within my heart this morning that God just wants to liberate some people's hearts here today. Amen. Just wants to liberate your heart as you come under the discipline of God when you search your hearts. He searches our hearts not to punish us, but so that we can share in His holiness. And every time, when I've submitted my heart to him, I've grown in maturity with him. You see, when we come into salvation, Jesus clothes us with his incredible righteousness. Amen? And um, we have his garments of righteousness on it. But throughout our lives, we almost have to outwardly perfect holiness, which means that we need to make sure that we deal with those sins. As the Hebrew writer says to the Hebrew church, he said, you know, you need to forsake the sin, the besetting sin that so easily entangles you. He says, forsake that. And my friends, as we deal with those things, we walk in more and more of the holiness of God. It's not selfish effort. It's not discipline but it is actually just coming under the counsel of our wonderful God. Thirdly, when God searches our hearts, God searches our hearts not to restrict us or to hold us back, but to enlarge us to fit into his promises. This is the one I kind of rejoice in more. As I sat down and I Put down these three points. The other two I understood. But the third one was almost like a revelation to me. As I read the scripture and I felt the spirit of God put this third, third wonderful truth within my heart. I said, Lord, this is what the church needs to hear today. That when you search our hearts, it's not to restrict us, not to hold us back, but it is to enlarge us to fit into his promises. My friends, if it is true what the scripture says here, um, that, in verses, um, well, let's first look at Hebrews chapter 12, verses 11 and 13. It says, um, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces what? A harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level paths for your feet, so that the lame may not be disabled, but be healed. My friends, God wants to bring us 
into his promises. But for that to happen, he's got to enlarge our hearts. Some of our hearts are too small to fit in the largeness of God's promises. He wants to bring you into the largeness of his promises. God isn't the one to be blamed for us not to walk in it. You are. God wants to come. And he wants us to align to search our hearts. And he wants us to respond to him as we respond to a heavenly father. And as he does, he just enlarges our hearts to fit into the promises that he has for us. Because we know that 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10 says, However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. My friends, he'll open up your eyes to see what you've never seen before when he touches your heart. My friends, your heart will become large that the things that you never could walk into, you will gallop into because of what God has done. Socrates says, one of my favorite quotes, the unexamined life is not worth living. Why? Because we will remain small. And God wants to enlarge us. Close off with this story. I remember almost 10 years ago, we were leading a church in Durban. And um, God started speaking to us about his purposes and his plans. Jenny had heard God months before I had that a move was, was on the horizon for us. For me, I absolutely loved the place where we were living. I loved the church that we were serving in. Um, and so my focus was there. But the loving father was so kind and so gracious and so patient with me that while Jenny knew that God was moving us to Switzerland, God had spoken to her, well, if I opened my eyes a little bit more clearly, I would have seen what he had spoken, but for me, uh, I just couldn't see it. You see, my heart was still too small to see the incredible things that God had prepared for us to move to a wonderful place like Switzerland and to be a part of a community of people here and the community of the Swiss people that we love deeply. But my friends, God had to do something within my heart. It took the Spirit of God to move me because I don't move easily. The first church that he pastored, we pastored for eight years together just before Jenny and I got married. The second church that we pastored, we pastored for just short on 16 years. So that gives you a picture. We like to be at places for a period of time. We've been here now for 10 years. We don't move easily. But sometimes God has to move us to enlarge our hearts 
so that we can receive the rich promises that he has for us. It's the Father's gift to you. So my friends, as a church, as individuals, people at home, let's say to this incredible Father, search my heart, O oh God, and change me so that I might see and experience and step into the wondrous things that you have planned, not only for me, but for the community that you've placed us in.